Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Crowded Booth. On today's episode, we sit down with Braves broadcaster and longtime broadcaster Chip Carey to talk about his family lineage from his grandfather to his father and now his sons who are carrying on the tradition as well as the current state of baseball. We hope you enjoy and make sure to stay tuned for more episodes. All right, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Crowded Booth. I'm Bryce Kuhn, and the man who is sitting virtually across from me today <laughs> is uh, the voice on TV, Chip Carey of the Braves. And Chip, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bryce. Thanks for having me. I want to talk to you a little bit because I know you and your sons are doing this podcast to kind of keep busy during this time, but what is it like for a broadcaster when there's no sports going on in a, in a crazy time in our world right now? Yeah, it's not fun. Uh, obviously, uh, we're used to the circadian rhythm, the start and end of baseball season, the exit and reentry to family life, because as you know, uh, we don't live in Atlanta uh, during baseball season. So that's hard, but that's something that we've been doing for the last 23, 24 years. And you're right, uh, with what all's happening in the world and in our country right now, uh, it really is a unique, unique situation. It's taken some adjusting for all of us. Look, I've been married 24 years and my wife starts ticking down the days. When are you leaving town again? Uh, but that hasn't happened. But we've tried to make the most of it. Uh, a lot more family time, quite obviously. Um, we, we've played games, gone out to dinner. We've had the kids at the house, all that kind of stuff. But make no mistake about it, uh, there's a professional and economic and I think mental well health being uh, aspect of this that all of us who work in baseball want to get back, want to have at least some finality. Are we playing or not? And I think that for me personally is the most difficult part of it is the not knowing. And that wears on you after a while. Businesses are going to come back. Restaurants are going to reopen. Uh, barber shops, Lord knows I need to get to one, are going to open up. But we don't know what the fate of baseball is, not only for this year, uh, but maybe next year as well. And that's really unsettling for those of us who make our living doing this. So I think once we have some finality here in the next week, I hope, uh, or shortly thereafter, I think all of us will at least be able to ad adapt and adjust uh, because that's the nature of the job. And I think once we know what to, to expect, we'll be able to go from there. A lot of talk in recent days and recent weeks is about, about the future of the game with the emphasis on minor league, the draft, and all that has to go. In your experience, and, and on my side as well, being at the minor league level with Birmingham, what do you see the future of the game? How is 2020 going to affect two, three years down the road and what we know baseball as? Well, the game's still going to be great. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a challenge to recruit players to play baseball instead of other sports. Kyler Murray's a perfect example uh, with what's happened with the Oakland A's. Now, let's be clear, all these uh, minor league player cuts would probably have happened around mm -hmm. spring training. So, in fairness to the major league clubs, uh, they kept these kids on for a certain amount of time. And, yes, could these guys in their business model uh, done more for them? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, you know, that's, that's way above my pay grade. Uh, eliminating 42 teams, that's a shock. I mean, uh, you're in the minor league broadcasting business. My sons would like to do the same thing. That's at least 80 jobs, perhaps, that aren't going to be there in the way that we know them now. So it becomes even more highly competitive and more difficult for players, broadcasters, would-be general managers, to get their foot in that proverbial door and start to walk through it. Um, I think that baseball has always and will always find a way to uh, persevere and move forward, whether that's an independent baseball, whether that is uh, better minor leagues, whether these cities uh, upgrade their facilities uh, to provide the best possible uh, outliers and outlets for the players to show their talents. I don't know, but the game's going to go on. There will be minor league baseball at some point. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I'm not altogether optimistic. Um, my guess is, and if it were me, if the major league players and major league owners can't come to an agreement, I would try to get my double-A and triple-A teams on TV in some way, shape, or form and show those players, keep them developed, uh, showcase them, pay them, 
uh, and have some entertainment for people who love our sport, whether that's even being considered or whether that's legally possible and whatever deal with the union uh, exists, I don't know. But uh, I hope that would be a way, 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 way deep in the weeds plan B should disaster strike and we don't have Major League Baseball this year. We definitely hope we do have baseball. I want to talk on your uh, family lineage, lineage a little bit. Now, a lot of people know the grandfather, the father, and yourself. But what does it mean to share this bond, this love of broadcasting with your sons? I know that's something that maybe doesn't get talked yeah. about a lot, but what's that like? It's a thrill. Uh, it's, you know, it means I'm moving up in line. Now I know what my grandfather felt like and what my dad felt like. <laughs> I'm not ready to be that old yet, uh, but I'm thrilled for them. Look, uh, my, my, my motto for my sons was, if you want to do this, I'll help you in any way I can. If you don't, that's fine too. There's no pressure. There is no uh, need to worry about a legacy. All I care about is if you're happy and healthy and can support yourself when it's time to do that. And uh, I believe that they both have a really great gift. They're terrific, glib, funny guys, just like you. Uh, and they're passionate about sports and they go about it very differently. Christopher is very driven, very, very uh, baseball and baseball broadcasting focused. Stefan is uh, a bit of a different personality than that. And I think that will serve them both very well. But obviously, I'm very proud of them. They're doing it all on their own. And I really believe that uh, to be a broadcaster now is a lot more difficult than it was 20 or 30 years ago when I was starting. The competition, as we alluded to earlier, is so much fiercer. Uh, the advent of social media and the criticism and the praise that comes along with that, that instant feedback didn't exist. Uh, and the fact that there are so many more media outlets mean that more and more people want to do it because, look, it is a great job. They pay us to live in life sandbox. So uh, people like me in 1987 <laughs> when I got out of college, some people said, I want to be a newsman. I want to be a weatherman. I want to be a sideline reporter. Um, I just wanted to be a broadcaster, and I didn't care what it was uh, to get me on the air, and that was the method that, I've, that I used, and I try to encourage my sons and others, don't be single-minded, focused on doing baseball play-by-play, because there are so few jobs. Get on the air, get experience, make your connections, and then see what happens. One thing you alluded to, how different it is today. Very many paths. No path is uh, the same exactly. in this business. You talked about broadcasting. And you get the chance to broadcast an exciting team, a team that has a storied history in this Braves franchise. What is it like for you who, and, and I'll speak a little bit of myself, I was born in 95. So I grew up straight in the middle of the 14-year run, just missed the World Series. But how exciting the past two years for this team? And what's, what's, what's it been like to really tell the story of this team? Well, I, I think you can't really tell the story of the team the last two years without going back and looking at the previous three or four, mm -hmm. which were really bad years. Uh, the Braves were uh, in full rebuild. They tore it down to the studs. And for the fans of the Atlanta Braves, that was really uncharted territory. They had not endured long runs of bad baseball like that, frankly, since the 80s and before that in the 1970s. So for those of us who are used to good teams and having a chance to go to the playoffs every year, that was a real culture shock. And I think that's when a broadcaster in baseball really has to be at his or her best. When your team is bad, you've really got to inform and work hard to entertain, to keep people watching the game. Look, it's easy when you're winning 110 games every year, and that's uh, no disrespect to my dad or Ernie or Don Sutton or Joe Simpson or any of those guys. Uh, but when you have a good team, you have lots of great, happy stories to tell. When you're getting your brains beaten in 10 to 2 for 14 <laughs> straight days, that makes it a little more challenging when you're trying to polish up a product. And sometimes product isn't very good. And that's hard. But to, to answer your question, the last couple of years have been great, especially uh, the unexpected first division title with Brian Snifter. I think the Braves knew they were getting good, but I think people thought they arrived a year early. But as mm -hmm. we know in sports, when the, the sports gods tap you on the shoulder and say it's your turn, it's your turn. And uh, the incremental growth of the team uh, 
in the regular season has been great to see. Uh, the growth that needs to happen next, I think, is getting through the first and second round of the playoffs. So the Braves haven't won a playoff series since 2001. That's way too long. Uh, they felt like they had a team that could have won the World Series last year. I agree with them. They didn't do the little things that you have to do against a fundamentally sound team like the Cardinals to win. And uh, they got beat. And then they ran into a buzzsaw against the Washington Nationals, who, by the way, the Braves dominated that year. So the theme for this season when it starts for Atlanta is unfinished business. That's what Brian Snicker has talked about. That's what the players were talking about in spring training. And I think we're all ready to get back to business, hopefully around July 4th, and uh, see if they can defend the title again. Take me back to spring training, and you talked about some of those names. What was a guy that you were really excited to see growth develop? Was it a young guy? Was it a new acquisition coming into this 2020 year? I always like seeing young guys because you have a pretty good idea of what uh, your veteran players are. They have what we call a back of a bubblegum card. Uh, there were a lot of questions about this team. Who was going to play third base? And Johan Camargo and Austin Riley were in an unbelievable battle. I mean, Johan would get two hits on Monday. Riley would get two hits on, on Tuesday. Uh, nobody had a clear lead in that job. Um, you know, we knew that the Marcelo Zuna was going to hit. Marcel's not the greatest outfielder, and that's why I think 2020 is such a unique opportunity for the Braves. They're going to be able to use a DH, whether it's Marquecas or Ozuna. They could have Camargo and Riley and Ozuna and or Marquecas in the lineup every single day. So from an offensive standpoint, they're, they're not going to miss Josh Donaldson. They'll miss his leadership. They'll miss his play at third base because the guy had a great year. But uh, the young guys, this is their opportunity. And I think more so for the young starters, the Kyle Wrights, the Tuki Toussaints, the Bryce Wilsons of the world, Sean Newcomb. Uh, these guys now have been to camp a couple of times. And it's time, and I say this respectfully, it's time to put your big boy pants on and show America and show this team and this fan, mm -hmm. fan base what you can do. Uh, the training wheels are going to be off in 2020 and the Braves are going to need them and uh those young guys I think are starting to show flashes of the enormous promise that they had and uh I for one can't wait to see him get going we all can't wait to see him going final question for you you're looking at your career up to this point and whether it's been the playoffs where it's been with the Braves all the way back with the magic a while ago what is a moment that kind of stuck out to you whether it was broadcasting with a certain person or just a moment where you were like wow this is this is what I love to do and this is it all culminates into one moment well, I, that's like saying which of your kids is your favorite. Um, I mean, I could give you a list of 10. The Ozzy Osbourne game with the Cubs, the Kerry Wood strikeout game, arguably the greatest game ever pitched in baseball history. I had a front row seat and got to call that. Uh, working the three-man booth with my grandfather and my dad was, was amazing. Uh, but for me, uh, you know, briefly, 1991, my first big league game as a broadcaster. I was working with Ernie Johnson. Vin Scully was in town with the Dodgers. And uh, I just done the lineups, took off my headset and just looked out at the field, old Fulton County Stadium, said, wow, I'm a major league broadcaster. I didn't screw up, you know, and unbeknownst to me, Vince Scully watched our open, uh, listened to me do the lineups and listened to me tease, you know, first pitch coming back. He walked down the stairs in the booth next door where there's a plexiglass window and he tapped on the glass with his Hall of Fame ring and mouthed, welcome to the club. Wow. Now for a young guy to hear, you know, the Shakespeare of baseball, be so kind and generous and say something like that when you are so uncertain of yourself, you're just getting started. You just don't want to screw up and embarrass your dad who's working two moves down. Uh, that moment meant the world to me. And it's something I've tried to pass along to other young broadcasters. It's an amazing achievement to get to the major leagues. It's a hard, hard path to get there. And once you're there, it's like being a player. It's hard to get there, harder to stay. And for Vince Scully to offer that kind of encouragement to me, that's right at the top of the list of uh, my favorite baseball moments involving me. That's awesome. Chip, we appreciate your time on this afternoon or this morning, I should say. Hopefully baseball gets back soon. Thanks to you as well. We'll see you at the ballpark soon. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, make sure to leave us a like and subscribe on Apple Podcast or SoundCloud. And also make sure to follow us on all social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.